Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Geek Down here on WEMF. I am Pat B., your illustrious host for this evening, dressed up in my best black tie and tails for the Oscar presentation. On the side of me is the lovely and talented Black Adam Willis. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for the introduction. You always do such a great job, of course. I should actually take you around to job interviews and have you introduce me to all potential employers. Nah, that's all good, baby. You don't want that. It's like, and now, the man who will do anything, and I mean anything and I mean, job. Yeah. I'll give you ten minutes in the back room. No holes, but all right, now. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Yo, what, another good show, man. Hit it one time. All right, all right. I'm having a good time, dude. I got cookies in my system. The you got cookies in the system. You got the lactate free milk. We got it. Yeah, we got it. Everything. We got a full house in here too. We got yeah. a bunch of people. We do indeed. I'm looking at a lot of friendly faces, and then one just like ice not so really. friendly. Yeah. Why is there a sabotage the show? What do you mean? What up? Let's do the roll call real quick. Of course, the man who keeps it sounding amazing, crisp and delicious every week. His name is DJ Mikey Mike. Any cookies come with this milk? Nope. Hey, they do, my friend. I'll you pass just you some got milk? noodles over the <laughs> you side. You just got milk? Oh. Hey, man, got milk. That explains the mustache. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And on the side of the table, my homeboy from way back. You know him. Actually, you don't know him. That's why, because <laughs> he doesn't fit the profile. <laughs> Kaiser Soze. Yeah, what up, Pat? What's going on? What's All up, right, cool. Hey, man. Welcome back, B. Good job. <laughs> and across the table, we have some of what oh, we crinkling in the background. We have some of Boston's most illustrious performers and artists, Sam. Yeah. And Awen. Hello. Hello. Hey. We're happy to be here tonight. Uh, we're happy to have you. You all are here to talk about... The Skylaton Project. Indeed. Yes. All right, we're going to hear all about that in a few minutes. But first, I want to jump right into the news because, dude, Adam, yeah. you had me to something today. Well, yeah, just... I'm surprised you didn't hear about it because I know you're giant Jean-Claude Van Damme. Fan. Oh, come on. Man. Who isn't? I've been practicing those splits since forever. <laughs> Probably because I met him at, like, he was the thing for me growing up and like this. I had all those like, VHS tapes and I like, watched him so much. I had a line through him and things like that. So uh, I, remember, man. I was you... really excited about this news, which is uh, he actually was is, is selected to uh, have his own comedy pilot for Amazon. And so it's going to be, uh, he's going to go as Jean-Claude Van Johnson, and he's going to play Jean-Claude Van Johnson, who kind of comes out of retirement as a famous actor and martial arts pro, and he's uh, his, going back to his alter ego as an undercover private contractor, by the name, of course, Michael, uh, well, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Seems like the most natural thing in the world, because when <laughs> I think... It's the greatest news ever. I mean, after you've seen uh, JCVD, that movie was kind of like that meta-textual kind of thing, where he kind of plays a version of himself. You kind of like want to say, hey, maybe there's a comedy version of that, and this is the exact thing. I think a lot of people had that same idea, so they're like, eh, well, throw it on Amazon, let's see what it's You know what I about. think? Um, a few years ago, did, did you ever watch that, t- that show Las Vegas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, well, I mean, not a lot, but yeah. Okay, well, he did the exact same thing on Las Vegas. He played a, he played basically himself, but as this really a-hole uh, uh, actor yeah. who uh, is like Jean-Claude Van Damme, worst-case scenario. And then he, he, he acted out his own death on screen. <laughs> See, he's doing a lot of this stuff lately. I mean, he was do, he did that Volvo commercial, you remember? And he's oh, like, got yeah, the split playing the Enya song, yeah. which was just ridiculous. It was being viewed like 80 My million times right now. And then he did, uh, was that movie, Welcome to the Jungle 2? And he plays kind of a weird, creepy version of himself as well, and he gets like almost eaten by a tiger, and it's just it's just ridiculous. He did the Coors Light thing. I mean, this guy's having fun with his own image, and I think at this stage in his career, I think you have to to kind of last right now. So uh, well, I, like, I just like the fact that he is able to have a sense of humor about himself. I just can't believe you know, he can still do a split like that at this age. Uh, that's not something you really want to lose. I think <laughs> if, you, if you are that guy, you need to own it forever. It's a French yeah. Maybe it's a French thing. It's a French thing. Yeah. thing you know? A Belgian yeah. thing. Okay, yeah. That, 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 <laughs> too old. that just made it kind of dirty. It is a French. It is. He was always more explicit in his sex scenes than any other the major kind of muscly guys from like the eighties and nineties. I think that too may have been a French thing. Yeah, it definitely. 
was. Yeah. They definitely played that up a lot more. But he was always weirdly because they was like in his sex things, he would show more him than the girl. Which is, I'm sure, like, kind of... I feel like that was his call somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like... It's like, why don't you just show my butt a little more? It's like, yeah, that's fine. It's well, like Matthew McConaughey and his shirt in, off. In all fairness, we're talking the 80s. That was a nice butt. Yeah. When, when it was all, when it was all like, shoulder pads. I think it holds up now, too. I don't know. Well, I it was all, seen it well, it was all back then, uh, on the ladies, <laughs> I, it was I all shoulder pads. I can make a lineup. Let's see you guys settle this now. <laughs> yeah, 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 we did one, right? <laughs> all right, so it'll, it'll be Jean-Claude Van Damme. Stallone's Stallone. 90-year-old body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me... Um, who else are we putting in there? Frank Stallone, too, because he needs work. Yeah, let's <laughs> work? just line him up, too. Wow. You uh, know what? I, I wouldn't be mad at that, yo. Antonio like, Banderas still probably looks good. I haven't seen, you know, I don't know. <laughs> just, I, well, well, no, just you, spitballing here a few names. Huh? All, all I can say is you put Prince in that lineup, blows everything out. <laughs> no, you do Him with the watercolors out and everything? Yeah. <laughs> just be booty, booty crack all day. Uh, uh, somehow Morris Day is just, like, kicking himself. He is. Like, in that giant-ass oversized suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Talking Heads oh, concert now. Ba-da-da-da. <laughs> Uh, where did we go with this? We were talking about, uh, we're talking about Amazon. <laughs> Amazon giving a pilot to Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah, to pick on himself. Yeah. You know, and I think I'm, it's the greatest thing. I mean, I think Amazon's just kind of, let's have fun with this. Why not? I can you get know? behind that, you know, because it's, like, it's like everyone's got their serious shows and their dramas that everyone needs to subscribe. This is just a fun comedy, I think, yeah. man. And I want to see Jean. I feel like he'll willingly take L's and it'll be funny in this. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got nothing against Jean-Claude Van Damme, but I've never seen him as, like, the hardcore series actor, and I, I like to see no. him embracing that in life. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah, screw it now, you know what I mean? Let's have some fun. Yeah, and it's, I haven't it's seen to any, see. I haven't seen any stills. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, yep. we'll bring back the mullet. Uh, that yeah. was his John Woo phase, yeah, yeah right. man. Well, just, just greased back, but just oh, oh man, it just, just it was, just, it that well, was. He was actually pinnacle. responsible for bringing about much of those, you know, uh, those foreign auteurs with all this talent, like to America. You yeah. know, if we wouldn't know who as American audience would know who John Woo was unless he brought him over here to do. Uh, hard target, and then of course he went on and made face off famously without him and pissed him off. And okay, so, so they, 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 were, they were in all gems. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most, I, the oh, most amazing Euro trash hair I saw the whole time I was there was uh, a bleach blonde mullet that combined the rat tail. Oh wow! Oh, yeah. it's awful. So, <laughs> so business in the front, party and social degenerate in the back. It's like oh, house party and class act in the back. That, that is, it was like all, all the good kid and play movies. That is dogs and uh, cats okay. living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> yeah. All in one neat little package. I'm digging it. All right, let's keep an eye out for John Claude Van Damme playing. Actually, that's going to be the name of the show, John Claude uh, Van Johnson. Van Johnson, yeah. Because we'll he looks it, like huh? a Johnson, yeah. Look, take <laughs> one look at him, I think. Yeah, Johnson, right? It makes sense. Of course, there's no one more American. It, it's it's, it's John Claude Van Damme and Apple Pie. And with that small little American oh, flag tattoo. He was tattoo. Guile. Yeah, he was Guile. Can you pick Street a Fighter worse movie. Guile? Like well, a guy who couldn't hide. I forgot about that. He couldn't even do an American accent. Hey, hey, in all fairness. Get the hostages out. In all like, fairness, they were going for aesthetics. They could have gone with Dolph Lundgren. So we, no, we, yeah, a, a bullet may Dolph have been Dolph would have been an there. amazing, like yeah, he would have been an amazing guy. No, he would have been an amazing Charlie. Guy, mm, mm. <laughs> I, mean, I, can't, I can't, I can't, hang. Visually, where's, where's, maybe. Where's Dolph Lundgren from? Is he from? Is he from Sweden? Um, he's oh, from Sweden. He's from foreign lands. You know who was like who his girlfriend was forever? Uh, take please, say, please say like Grace Jones. Yes. How, oh, did, how, how did you know? That? Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> that was out of my ass, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, he was, that yes, was his girlfriend for that like is the best over ten years. <laughs> nice. To any time somebody says, "Guess who their yeah. girlfriend is?" Prince. Yes, always be Grace Jones as the first guest. Grace so. Jones. Yeah, okay, that's that that beautiful. Out. Yeah, oh, that is beautiful. Yeah. I didn't right. know that either. Wow. Yeah, that was his girl forever. 
I just respect Forever him. He's, in, he's just <laughs> stuck in this powerful body. <laughs> I just it, breaking the Rubik's Cube. Was it Red Sonya she was in? Was Red Sonya. Oh my yeah. god, she yes. Yes. I, I remember her. Red Sonya with Sylvester Stallone's ex-wife, with Bridget Nielsen. Bridget Nielsen, yeah. Wow. She was also in Cobra. That's where they met. bring that up whenever possible. If you've ever seen that movie, you'll know why. Oh my God. <laughs> like Bridget Nielsen, the last image you have her is on that reality show being a train wreck. But I'm like, hey man, she was she was she was in that man. Red Sonia was day with was a broad yeah. alligator. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget a view to a kill. Um <laughs> Let's forget I'm, all of those actually. Come on, come on Zorin. I don't know. Bond. I, 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 I'm going to kill you now. All right, that the was hell terrible. you that said. Was, that was awful. That was terrible. <laughs> I apologize. It wasn't good enough. <laughs> All right, so we've gone far too long on, on Van Damme. No, man, man, we got time, right? <laughs> um, but no, check it out, dude. I have Amazon uh, video. I've never watched a damn thing on. I that. just started. They actually have a lot of. I watched Chirac on there the other day because it was free streaming. So well, it was like with Cock Diesel for no reason. Dave Chappelle. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Just, oh, seriously? Yeah, this dude looking like yeah. looking like Terry Crews. <laughs> yeah, he was. Um, I forgot Chappelle was in that. Yeah. yeah. Terry Crews, little brother, little brother, little brother, digital, um, little brother, Dippy, who's apparently addicted Dave to porn. Little Reg, yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Terry Crews, Terry, Terry Crews. Oh, but man, who isn't? Well, I'm looking around this room right now. I see six people that are, and there's only five of us. In no, you're dying about that. All right, uh, next news story. Yeah. Um, next news story because this one actually is a little more serious. Um, if you want to consider it that way, the Gods of Egypt director uh, Alex Proyas is making some inflammatory comments. He's it's just inflamed. The biggest dumbass I've ever heard. But please, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Okay, uh, the actual news story is Gods of Egypt director Alex Proyas took to Facebook for a vitriolic rant about film reviewers, specifically film reviewers, in this quote-unquote modern age of texting. After his embattled film flops, and I mean just like dive bombed. It wasn't that bad. bad. It wasn't good either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> an opening weekend. Uh, now, he's dismissing objections to the movie's mostly white cast. Uh, this cast, it was Branton Thwaites, uh, Nicolaj Costa, Gerard Waldau, Butler, right? Gerard and Butler. Gerard Butler. You know, the blackest individuals ever. Yeah. And I don't right. know. I don't see where the controversy <laughs> Still using from. their Scottish accents, too. Yeah, like, seriously. I mean, what the hell? I mean, why not? Well, if they gotten that, that, that classic Negro actress, uh, Tilda Swinton, in there, it would have really been the pinnacle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the lack of political correctness. Uh, now, Proyas uh, uh, posits that modern critics write reviews based on existing consensus rather than their own personal opinion. So basically, his point of view is because everyone feels this way, the critics also feel this way. That's I, feel that, that I feel that does exist, That's... though, in, f- in film criticism, in a, in a sense. You know well, what I mean? It does, but his, his point makes everyone He's still else wrong, his, yes. His point is everyone sees how screwed up your film is. Right. So the critics see how screwed up the film. It's like, what? Okay, so you just admitted the film is greatly whitewashed. It's set right. in Egypt. And you're Egyptian. And you're Egyptian. <laughs> you're Egyptian. Wait, I think that, yes. what's hard about all this I is that like he's Egyptian Greek. So it's like, bro, like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, you were born in Africa. So if you're not casting black people in your movie. Who's gonna, yeah. And it's a movie called Gods of Egypt yeah. and you're Egyptian. Like, come it, on, man. There's like, gotta be cheaper people, too. Gerard Butler's not the cheapest guy out there. Like, you, gotta, no, you can grab a few people. Now, <laughs> now, here's what's messed up. I haven't seen it, but I've had it spoiled for me. You needed a everyone. spoiler for this? You can probably, I can right, probably tell right, you right now. I <laughs> seen the trailer once. Yeah. Oh, it, it, in all fairness, it looked like they were trying to do kind of an uh, innovative story. Well, hearing the actual opinions of people, it, the playout was terrible. Like it's just plain and simply a bad movie, and this is the general consensus of every legit review of this movie. Now, the fact that if it was one person or two person people, I could see that. This is akin to when Uwe Boll 
did that whole, you're not funding my movie, so, and then went on YouTube, giving, like, middle fingers to everyone, it's like, you all don't want to fund my movie, you want to support my Kickstarter, you're not supporting independent, he didn't sound like that, no. Wait, but independent this? film, who's that? The worst director in the entire world. Oh, okay, exactly. there we go. Okay. That guy. But this oh, is well, the thing. Well, well, with the exception of Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Who's, 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 who's rapidly climbing that ladder. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing with, with, with this whole story, and it, this is the tragic part, is he's a good director. He's made some great... The Crow? Yeah, some great films. iRobot. No, not, not many people like iRobot. I forgot I he like did iRobot. Robot. And some of his movies have been championed by Roger Ebert, who's actually stood up for him. And this is a, the, the film reviewer, if you're going to talk about one, you know what I mean? Who's kind of championed his movies when a lot of people know. So to him to go after film reviewers, then him to kind of be lumped into this category, being this hack now, it's just kind of like, it's it's just very troubling. I don't it's think very, he's a hack. I think he's someone who had one bad, and I mean really bad, But you take bad, one look really at this public, movie and you see uh, it's going to be terrible. There's no way you know that I'm, he, I'm more than willing to give things a chance. Especially in respect to something like Deadpool, which I was afraid would be terrible, and I, then I saw it, and it blew my mind. Mad Max, same thing. Mad Max Fury Road looked amazing. like such a cash grab on nostalgia. So Deadpool looked suspect in the trailers. It the did. movie was amazing. Mad Max looked suspect in the trailers. That movie was incredible. Mm. I'm willing to give things the benefit of the doubt you because I know trailers lie. That's a yep. good point. And Gods of Egypt, I thought the trailers looked god-awful. It looks like they poured all their money into special effects that yeah. also were horrible, yeah. were the hottest of hot garbage. And still, I figured I'm going to wait to hear the notices, you know, see what kind of reviews come out for this. And every single review has been one of your terms that I've adopted myself. It is ass water. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, is, it is far it's fresh a, it's garbage. A, it's an old film expression. Based on, yeah. based on the trailer, knowing nothing about it, mm. when I watched uh, the, the Gods of Egypt trailer, I thought it was going to be Gods of War. I keep saying oh. Gods and Monsters. It's oh. like, it's, you know, it's, it's, like it's the not video a game. Title. I thought for sure it was a video game movie yeah. in the first five seconds. Right. Which would have been so much that better. And then I dope. got really excited. Yeah, because then there would have been yeah. like, you know, there would have been angst and boobs left and, and right. Movie, yeah. Yeah. Instead of like Gods and Monsters chain, in the movie. Right? You know, yeah. weapon that, thing that's really mm. cool in that, in that game. Uh, Egypt in the title, like, I think Egypt in the title is what messed everybody up. The yeah. whole concept of you setting know? it, of placing it in that setting. If this was like Gods of Olympus which I think actually was a movie. If you're going to go and nitpick this movie, too, down to the finer points, I'm you're kind of missing it, I'm, I'm emphasizing Not you, and I'm saying the audience in general. That this is, what, this is, what this comes down to is one man throwing a tantrum. Yeah. All right? A grown-ass man who couldn't handle the fact that he screwed up. Yeah. It happens. Well, it happens to all of us. Here's, what, here's what's wild to me. In his uh, whole dissertation, when he said what he quote-unquote gave his respect to the one film critic that actually deserves it, Roger Ebert, he described him as a failed filmmaker who can somehow uh, 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 understand what it's like to make a film even though he couldn't do it himself. I'm like, damn, okay, this is a compliment? It's just like, this is one man's kicking and screaming why won't they like my movie? Nye, nye, nye. Yeah, I don't know. Don't Maybe version. it could be that. I also feel it's like this guy is, you know, some of his best stuff is behind him. He's doing this movie. He probably doesn't, I don't know if he exactly wants to do it. The studio hired him. And it's a failure. And now he's like, I don't know if I'm going to get another job. That could be it too, you know what I mean? And then him just ride, Maybe. you know. The same could have been I said mean, at, once, at one time for George Miller. It's funny that you brought up George Miller because I was literally about to say, because I think, now that I think more about it, I think Alex Proyas is actually... He is Egyptian and he is Greek, but I think he's Australian. I think he was raised in Australia. And he could have taken lessons from George Miller because George Miller, who 
Who would have thought he would have came back with that? Well, he Who yeah, I mean, he, he was doing like happy feet and Bay Pig in the city. You know, he was successful too, and it's like it's not like he took time off to be not successful. I mean, that film to me, like like I saw Mad Max, and I was like, this is a clinic to like every young filmmaker who's like. I could it's make the Sistine Chapel. You know, you know, I thought the same movie. thing when I saw Happy Feet. It's amazing. This is how you make a. This is how you make an action movie. No, it was it was, it was, it was man doing that too. Basically, Alex Proyas. Um, dude, take a pill, man. Uh, that's all. That's all we can <laughs> yeah, get. Yeah, calm your vitals. Uh, you know? Yeah. Uh, if if you just Google Alex Proyas right now, this is that Facebook rant will be the first thing that comes up. You know, check it out. Make make like make uh, up your own mind about the Dagon story, but it is just stupid. Quick. Quick note on Mad Max 2. Yes. I initially thought, like, speaking of trailers, like when you were saying trailers or could be bad or whatever, even though the trailer for Mad Max I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought Mad Max was, I thought the main character was Charlize when I first saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was going to be Mad Maxine. But wow. they just called her Max. Interesting. I was like, this is, I love where this is going. And then it turned out, you know, like. You know, sure, it was, yeah. It, 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 like, wasn't the case. Misleading a little. It was still an amazing movie. Yeah. But, that's you know. how they get you, no? That's, that's, yeah. It's misdirection. And then we all found out the lead character was Nux and the whole thing. No. <laughs> all right. But no, in the house, enough of that garbage. We have Sam and Awen. For anyone who doesn't know, these two are regular staples. Yes. And these delightfully badass individuals are going to give us the lowdown on the Scarlet Tone. <laughs> First of all, I love the name. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've seen you all many times at Oberon, at the Somerville Theater. Well, what I'm getting at is you're versatile, and this is a, this is a, the latest project. All right, so give us the inside stuff. Yeah, you might be familiar with us uh, under the names of Bell Guns. Uh, that's that's Sam's performance name, mm-hmm. and, um, and you you might be familiar with my work under the name Holy Crow. Maybe not. Who knows? But we're really excited to be here. Uh, Want to yeah. tell a little bit about the, the Scarlet Tongue? Yeah. So the Scarlet Tongue project. It's a uh, documentary series we're working on right now. Mm-hmm. It is exploring the social taboo of anger as it's expressed and repressed by women around the world um, as told through the lens of art um, okay, and a variety so of mediums. Right. Yeah. And not like the Tyler Perry diary of, of a mad black woman. Oof. Like legit. Oof. Thank you. Yes. Awfulness. Bill, you seem personally affected by that oh, one. Yeah. Physical reaction. Trash factory seven, man. Now, this isn't going to be a performance piece. This is a concert and experience, if you will. Yeah, well, it, it it is a documentary series, so we're going to be catching most of this on film. Mm-hmm. Um, and along with that, we're, we're building it into a movement. So there's going to be performance. Um, there's going to be, oh, God, all kinds of events all over the place, whether it's uh, galleries, live performance art, talks, panel discussions, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're really looking for, you know, anybody who is doing independent art knows that one of the big challenges is funding. So we're finding creative ways to fund the project, but also in the process of that, bringing artists to an audience. So, you know, um, we're looking for opportunities to say, okay, well, this person's, you know, in the docu-series, but also let's have them perform. Let's introduce them. Let's, you know, let's promote them that way. And uh, we have, you know, we're here to talk about the show that's coming up this Sunday, which we're really excited about, Mm -hmm. um, that we're going to be doing at Opus. Yeah, at Opus Underground in up in Salem, which city? This Sunday, the sixth, um, we're going to be having Swarasvati Jones. We have Lure of the Animal. We're going to have the Slaughterhouse Sweethearts performing. Mm-hmm. We also have Hope and the Husband, so it's going to be a really, really badass show. Oh, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. And Swarasvati is a member of a Wadsdu, which people might be familiar with too. Um, that's her regular band. I think she she's on the board of Girls Rock Camp, and she organized the Hindi Rock Festival. Um, with some friends and really good stuff. 
definitely. Well, right now we're working on our pilot episode, which mm. is very exciting. We have April Shaley. She's a local performance artist. She's a belly dancer. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she has an original piece she's doing for us. We also have Militia Vox. Uh, she's based out of New York. She's part of the Afropunk movement. Uh, so she's got, she's bringing it. She's a real dragon. She's amazing. <laughs> we actually just had a show with her down in October with the Sweethearts, and she had uh, a saxophone player who breathed fire from his saxophone. So she really. Oh, well, I could do that. Yeah, she's hardcore. <laughs> like, she really just brings takes it. takes one night of Mexican food and then whoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. Definitely. And we also have uh, Saraswati Jones as well in the pilot episode. We actually got to sit, sit down with her last week. She's incredible. She's brilliant. So. Oh, good. So are you still filming this or is this like done now? We're still filming it. Yeah, it's a work in progress. Uh, we have a bunch of the pilot done. We're going to be picking it back up in April when AON and I return from Mexico. Mexico. We're going to Mexico yes. for a bit. Yeah. We're going to, we, we were able, we're, we're doing four weeks of travel and art in Mexico, which we're very excited about. Wow. Leaving in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be meeting with artists down there. There's Katya. We have Katya Tirado. She is a body modification performance artist. Wait, what does that mean? So she will get on stage mm-hmm. to some kind of aggressive music, and she will do live piercing and tattoos <gasps> and turn that into a full Whoa. expressive piece. Give yeah, live. Release a little bit, yep. like poking holes. And okay, I, like I'm me. both. Excited. Yeah, we're very excited as you get to talk to her. And we're going to do some filming, but I'll, I'll be traveling with. Uh, Sam to do a lot of photography while we're down there too. Mm-hmm. Kind of do some portrait work and also we're going to be working to update as we're traveling. That's our plan. Do, do some, some video, video blogging <laughs> and stuff like that to kind of share the experience while we're on the road. Um, so anybody who's interested in following us along on our journey, you can follow us on the Facebook page, The Scarlet Tongue Project on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. uh, yep, And we have our website at uh, scarlettongueproject.com. Yeah. which you can follow us there. But we, we update the Facebook regularly, so follow us to stay up to date on everything. Okay. I mean, yeah, I yeah. Just, I've just been so impressed by Sam's vision from the beginning. I kind of got, you know, roped in because I'm like, what? You know, we're going <laughs> where? We're doing what? We're talking to who? This is amazing. Like, Sam's done an amazing job Thank of you. curating a group of artists that are so unique and talented and, you know, really, like, communicating these themes in such interesting ways. Like, it's just a total dream to get to sign on to it. How do you find all these artists and everything, especially in Mexico, like, yeah. get in contact with all well, these people? the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, last year, actually, when I was just getting into the project, I decided that I wanted to immerse myself in organizations that were showing documentaries. I, mm. I'm a performance artist, so I'm new to the genre. So I wanted to be in someone else's house and learn how they did that. Um, and I love to travel. So I thought I could do film festivals here or I could go to Mexico and go to a film <laughs> festival there because that the makes sense better, for yeah. some reason. Yeah. So I found a festival. It's the Ambulante Documentary Festival. And they tour around Mexico and they provide documentary um, viewings for people who otherwise would not have access to these things. So it's uh, documentaries as a form of education for people in all different areas. And the woman who runs it, uh, her name is Elena. She's incredible. And actually, this year at the Ambulante Festival, 60% of all the movies that they're showing are directed by women, awesome. which is incredible. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so we are teaming back up with them this year when we go down. So we're going to, um, yeah, hang Get out the with the Ambulante going, yeah. team and everything. So the connection I made with them last year was fantastic because I was able to reach out over email and say, hey, I want to come back to Mexico. I would love to work with a relevant artist there. Who do you have? 
and they just sent me a list of badass women and said, get in touch with these guys. Nice. And Katia was Can I get a hold amazing. of that list by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> Pat, you been to Mexico? Like, I'm not looking to hire the A team. <laughs> it's going to cost more of these snickerdoodle clothes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And just like, you know, uh, as I'm getting more involved with the project, like a couple of things that we've been able to do so far – um, just last week, was it last week that we were hanging out with wolves? We did. Uh, yeah. I'm, yes. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, what? <laughs> just yeah. a week ago, we were up in Ipswich at Wolf Hollow, which is a wolf reserve, mm-hmm. and talked to the guy who runs it, Z. And our new best friend. Yeah, our new best friend. He's <laughs> awesome. And basically, you know, talked to him about animal behavior and pack dynamics and alphas and like the myth of the alpha and you know, digging into a lot of that stuff to learn about that. We got to go out and photograph the wolves. Um, so when I first went out, uh, Z's the wolf daddy. Like, they all love him. They know him. Oh, he's allowed to go up. Like, he's allowed to go up. So <laughs> He can go up and actually, saying. like, touch them, and it's fine. Like, he, he's negotiated all of this. But, <laughs> but, but you like know. Chris Pratt in. Yes. Just <laughs> hand on the snow. And even they almost attacked <laughs> And uh, but the first time I went out, I went out without him just to go check it out and take a couple photos. And all of the wolves started howling 365 degrees around me. Like I quickly start oh, okay. digging a hole. Like yeah, in, That's yeah. When you uh, it seems magical at first, but then you realize they're all saying, "Get out!" So I can't say, baby. But it was just I was like my my brain should be afraid of this, but I'm totally not. This is awesome. And then we came out. There's a double chain link fence. We got to go in the middle. And then I'm shooting through a hole in the fence. There is basically nothing between me and the wolves now. <laughs> okay, all this you know? sounds more and more dangerous and, yes. and, and, and crazy. Absolutely. Yes, that's the point. Well, it's just, you know, it's just really exciting where art takes you. You know, you just, I didn't plan to go out and photograph wolves, but man, it was really awesome. And then. Yeah, and who's to say it wouldn't become your uh, Grizzly Adams story? You and one of the wolves get, you hit it off, you know. Two years later, you're sharing a cabin, you know, making <laughs> yeah. each other breakfast. As long as it's more Grizzly Adams and less Grizzly Man, then we're good. <laughs> hey, you're the one that, you're the one being. It's, it's <laughs> the wolves look hungry. Let me go in and howl. So look. But uh, and then also we got to meet uh, Nadia from Pussy Riot. We did over oh, the summer. Yeah, awesome. they were here giving a talk, and we got to chat with them after, and they came over the house and. We got to pick their brains. They wanted to see videos of Sweethearts Burlesque, which was really trippy to be sharing my local art with Pussy be, Riot. This but, would be yeah. Nadia, who was thrown in a Russian prison for two years and was recently freed. And actually, after we sat down and talked to her a couple weeks later, she went back to Russia and got arrested again. Parking tickets, you'll get you every time. <laughs> I'll probably stop going back to Russia at that point. Yeah. But, you know, like, these are the type of characters that the project involves. It's people who are, like, literally running with wolves and people who are getting arrested and thrown into Russian gulags. <laughs> you know, like... See, now, y'all, like, hanging with people with wolves and, and, and going to jail in foreign country for causes. I'm, I'm like, okay, so this weekend we're going to get so-and-so on who makes porcelain figurines out of their own hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so first of all, uh, I want to make sure cats know where they can start uh, uh, really getting into this project. You mentioned 
uh, the Scarlet Tongue yeah. on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com, the Scarlet Tongue Project. Just one word. Just one word. No dashes, no underscores. No dashes. No. Okay, just cool. is what it is. Yeah, because there'll be like five other ones. It'll be like one about tongue piercing. Another one about like split tongues. Another one about like you know red licorice. Yeah, go on an adventure. Find us. Do not encourage us things. Yeah, I have lost many many hours. Chase the end of the internet. You'll find us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean the the project is huge in scale, and the best way to start digging in and you know follow us on Facebook, but also please come to the show on Sunday. I'm very excited about all the artists who are coming. We can mention Mm -hmm. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, Hope and the husbands are actually relocating to Oregon now. It's public knowledge now. So this. Mm. I believe is going to be one of their last shows. They're they're incredible. They're a local staple. Um, so definitely come to check them out before before we lose them to the West Coast. Yes, yes. Don't look, don't look at it as they're leaving. Look at it as they're beginning a new chapter. Yes, yeah. a warmer chapter. Yeah. Dude, I'm excited, man. I want to go to the show and see like Awen reenact her own one woman uh, version of Liam Neeson in the Gray. <laughs> Start breaking nips yeah. off. Yeah. 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 Uh, just slap boxing wolves all day. Wolverine's my favorite X-Men. I think that's my in. You can rock the hair, but I can see it. Yeah. yeah I can see it. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. It sounds, it sounds Everyone in this room Thank seems you. excited. Yeah, yeah. It, sounds, it sounds awesome. All right. So give our listeners the lowdown on uh, the venue and how they can get tickets. Yeah. So tickets are available at the door. Mm-hmm. And the venue is Opus Underground. It's on Washington Street in Salem. And uh, it's great. It's a great venue. It's $10 at the door. Please, by all means, come out. It's going to be great. You've got burlesque. You've got a wide variety of, of music. Yeah, music, vendors, yep. dancers. Send us off to Mexico, right? <laughs> we'll, have some, we'll have some photographic evidence of wolves. Yes. <laughs> of our wolf trail. Oh, and not all talk. And Wolf Hollow will be there. They're going to have a table set up if people want information, if they want to learn about it, about it take a visit. So, yeah, they'll be yeah, there. They're, um, we're also helping promote that they are working on building a separate visitor center. Visitor center. Because right now they operate out of his living room. <laughs> so, Which is nice. It's got a fireplace, but <laughs> it was small. excellent. But, you know, they're looking to expand a little bit. So um, Expand out of the living room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and check them out, too, because that's a place that you can go. You don't have to be a special friend of the wolves to be able to go. You can go check that out in the summertime. So yeah. I keep picturing Kevin Costner. <laughs> just like dealing fire with dance, all these, yeah. yeah. Just keep picturing him in two socks out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the thing's name, right? Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so Thank much you. for having us. This of course, great. yeah. Oh, please. And if I wanted to give money to this project, how could I do that? You can send it to our PayPal, the Scarlet Tongue Project at Gmail dot com, mm-hmm. and that will go absolutely one hundred percent directly to the creation of this film docu series. So I'm, it's quite large in scope. So please, by all means. ScarletTongueProject at gmail.com. All right, check out the Scarlet Tongue Project on both uh, Facebook and on their own uh, URL, mm-hmm. the dot com. Yep. All right, cool. Now, I want to wrap up. I say wrap up. We still got like twenty five minutes. <laughs> uh, but no, I want to go into uh, the very poignant, very, very serious, very legitimate, and very prestigious Oscar ceremony. Uh, Mike, <laughs> can you cue, cue, cue the Looney Tune slapstick music, please? No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. No. It, it's, it's just dumbness. But no, this weekend was the 88th the Academy Award Ceremony in lovely Hollywood, California, where the realest of real people exist. And hosted by Chris Rock, this was, oddly enough, the lowest in about a decade. No surprise. You think? Zero surprise. All right. Well, the lowest uh, watched, uh, lowest patronized, lowest uh, received in ratings. Oscar ceremony in, dude, years. 
Yeah, there's been a lot of controversy surrounding this year's Oscars, including a lack of ethnic diversity. Black people. Yes, that. Asians. Negroes. Coloreds. Women. Actually, women. Afro-Americans. African-Americans. Ebony. Jet. Jets. Upscale. Mahogany. Essence. That's literally the only thing my Facebook told me about the Oscars is that it was not black enough. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like they were trying, so they're like, Which here's know. Whoopi Goldberg, and hell, there's Whoopi again. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, remember Whoopi Goldberg was here? Let's talk to her. Let's... Well, there was and like there was... nine flashes to Kevin Hart. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Kevin Hart, Whoopi actors. Goldberg, yeah. and Chris Rock were there. And, they, and the biggest thing about this show was uh, was Desk. the monologue was when he, uh, yes, yeah, Stacey Desk, course. So we'll awful. get to that. So when uh, the monologue came out and everyone was kind of gearing up for that, I think that was the big thing. The, the, the show itself was was like any other award show, especially the Oscars, where it's just like almost four yeah, it hours. Dry, it's so bloated boring, like yeah. and big. There's it's high points and low points, but definitely the high point was his opening monologue and he kind of came out and I think he kind of played it safe early kind of like pokes fun at Will Smith and Jada mm-hmm. and he had that really good Jada joke he's like oh she's gonna boycott it's like it's like me boycotting Rihanna's panties I'm not invited but then he kind of got a little vicious and he had the knives out and I think it was perfect and the best part was hearing a lot of the people were didn't know if they should clap or not they kind of did that awkward like yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 okay, I think that's funny, right? I think, uh, yeah, so maybe, everyone kind of maybe Jeb Bush threw them off in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in terms of like the, who won, is it the one and three? Is it the two and four? Yeah. Nobody knows. It's like Parliament. You got one. I can see Jeb Bush uh, trying to like of... start a slow clap when he was like finally, and everybody was like. <laughs> Jeb, exclamation point. <laughs> but Joe Biden showed up, too, speaking of politics. Joe Biden showed up had, had for a good reason. For a good reason, for yeah. For good reason. And I thought for sure that that the Lady Gaga song was going to win. Yeah. But, um, and the Sam Smith know. thing won. He came out, and he kind of was like, I'm, I think I'm the first openly gay person to win an Oscar, which is not true at all. Not true whatsoever. And so he kind okay. of fumbled yeah, there. Harvey Plus, Fire's that song was awful. Let's be honest with Sam Smith's song, yeah, man. Yeah, that, that was like the worst Bond song ever. Oh, for um, Spectre. For Spectre. Yeah. yeah. Spectre was one of the worst Bond movies ever, but, mm-hmm. you know. True. We'll get there. So, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about some of the winners? I guess they kind of have to because that's kind of what this thing is about. I mean, of course, most of the, the nominees were white. Um, <laughs> but uh, Inaratu so won again for, for director. This is his second in a row, which is like one of the things that's like never happened since it's kind of a big deal. Was, and he spoke to of, that. Yeah. Yep. And he said, well, I mean, and it kind of came out. He's like, oh, let's not be prejudiced anymore. It's like, yeah, okay, got it. Thanks. That's yeah. all it took, right? And he just said, no, we shouldn't do that. I'm like, I think we should. Why didn't we think of that years ago? <laughs> right. And the big thing was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio finally winning. Everyone finally. thinks he deserves this thing. Like, you can deserve an award. I mean, Peter well, O'Toole was nominated. Is, Peter O'Toole was nominated for eight Academy Awards and won zero times. I don't want to hear anybody's BS about deserving an award. No one deserves anything. Well, okay? I think uh, he gave performances that were definitely worthy. Yeah, and this wasn't the, the one I think he should have won for. If he wasn't going to win for Wolf of Wall Street last year, I don't think he should have. Any performances he's going to ever do is going to be better There's a than lot that. of that. I think uh, in his situation, it's kind of unique because similar controversies have caused the award to go to other people for the same type of BS. Hmm. So I don't think he deserved to win for this role. But then again, I also don't think um, Scorsese deserved to win for uh, Hugo. Now and it's like, well, he didn't no, win for yeah, this, but he should have won for that. I know, and that's what I'm that's getting what at. And it's like at. they're trying to um, make up for past mistakes. They're like we screwed you before because of what was going on politically. So mm. now we'll do this. It's like, but there's always going to be something new politically. It's like, why didn't you give it to them before because of this situation? So they'll earn it again. You know, don't don't give them like the consolation booby prize. Like, well, you know, here's your participation trophy. Go. I go don't, sit I don't mind booby prizes. I think boobies are good. I'm no, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm all for boobies. Boobies are awesome. <laughs> 
You know, what I'm saying is it takes away from the prestige and credibility of something like the Academy Award for Best So-and-So if you're going to give it to somebody who earned it in the past, but not for this specific role. Now it becomes we're just trying to make amends for screwing you at another point in history, so we'll screw someone else out of it, you know? Well, here, here, like, like my take on it is I don't think that Revenant was a bad film, and I don't think Leo did No, I'm not bad saying it's bad. Don't get me wrong. No, no, no. I'm just saying in terms of him getting this award, like when he won the award, mm-hmm. he won and he actually went on stage and he gave a very purposeful, very kind and thoughtful speech. And I, you know, I wasn't upset about him getting it at all. I think that, in my opinion, I think the two roles that he should have won for should have been What's Eating Gilbert Grape and his performance in Django. I was going to say in Growing Pains, but you're right. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. um, but, I don't know how to get an Emmy for that back in the day. Yeah. You know, I, that I, was I, a great movie. Oh, What's, what's Eating Gilbert Grape? It's funny because who won that year too? Anna Paquin won and she was 11 years old too. And I yeah, think she was, thing out, yeah, she's yeah, yeah, young. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's do the Anna Paquin was 11 years old. She just won them. She was super young in that. and um, Well, not in that, but super young back then. And she still had an Australian accent. No. Um, or New Zealand accent, actually. She's not from Australia. It's but, uh, not that different. Don't yeah. say that to them. Yeah, don't tell them that. <laughs> okay, okay, you find me the Australian <laughs> in the room. I will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I enjoyed the Oscars last night. I wasn't surprised that the ratings were low. Um, I thought the way that the hoopla that was surrounding it was, it was really unfortunate. I mean, hearing Jada say what she said, I can see her point, but this isn't like someone who doesn't have executive power complaining about this like you you folks don't own a studio like a tyler perry but you own production companies where you can green light projects that actually can make a difference i mean you're will smith yeah, well, my thing was always is if you're going to boycott it and go, I don't think that's really the right thing. I think the right. only way you're going to affect change is actually showing up and being a face there and being like, this is messed up. Right. And say something and being present, people like being uncomfortable. That's going to make somebody, you know, regret and then maybe change something. It's not like oh, everyone just doesn't show up. It's like oh, I, out of sight, out of mind. Well, one thing I've my noticed field. is my opinion is very unpopular in this particular situation because I was actually for Jada's point of view and Spike Lee's point uh-huh. of view because they were saying – Despite the fact that there are greater issues, especially now in America, uh, greater issues, more important, more pertinent issues than a diversity in the Oscar ceremony. Yeah. And he, Chris Rock pointed that out, too. He and did. It's like, it's like we're boy- doing this boycotting now because you don't have anything really to protest. Yeah, but that doesn't make it not an issue. Right. No, the fact of course that it, it is an issue in a long-standing one. Granted, there are more important things, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Right. You know? right, and, right, right. And, and that's the thing I think people are losing sight of. The fact that just because it's a minor injustice doesn't make uh, doesn't negate the fact that it's still an injustice. And granted, it doesn't it doesn't it necessarily warrant we're gonna do this mass protest. It's gonna be a whole thing. No black people, no Asian people, no Latinos, no anything is going to the Oscar. This is how Jada sounds now. It's going <laughs> to the Oscars. And, she always sounded like that. What do yeah, you but it's yeah. like and, and you're absolutely right. There are better ways to protest it. I think it should have been protested in some way. But I think it also got blown way out of proportion by the reactions. One thing I've, I've taken note of is I understand what Stacey Dash was trying to say. She just <laughs> worded it very poorly and then yeah. has not defended herself well. she well came out last all. night. She trolled. Yeah, she yeah. came well, yeah, out no, last no, night. That was the wrong approach as well. <laughs> yeah. She came out and basically belittled. And um, nobody, nobody no one, laughed. And everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah it's, 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 nobody." It's like, I don't think anybody expected like when Chris Rock said and Stacey Dash. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my living room was like, 
no Stacey way. Dash and then it was really Stacey Dash. And then it was really Stacey like, Dash. And the audience even kind of actively like, like gasp. gasp. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was definitely know? palpable. Like, little thing. like you know, I don't, you know. But I mean, so what this comes down to is a lot of good movies were snubbed in the in the original like Oscar nods, and I think that overshadow continued to be an overshadow because of the controversy that came from that very act, like Dope. Was yeah. a fantastic movie. It was I think an it, awesome movie. I think it should have deserved it. It deserved something. Uh, Straight out of Compton deserved definitely from the acting performances. Yes. Uh, like the dude, I forget his name. I always forget his name. But the guy who played Easy E. Easy E. Yep, did a phenomenal Needed job. A nomination. In that movie. And Just for that Jerry curl, sure. <laughs> Creed. Creed. Uh, Ryan yeah, exactly. Coogler well, needed did, yeah. a director nomination yeah. for that. And movie. I'm 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 actually saddened that uh, Stallone lost, even though he got the nominate. He got a nomination. He did not win um, the best supporting actor because that I think was one of his best roles, like ever. Like, he, but Mark Rylance was the man too, stuff. and that wasn't upset. Here's my here's my take on Sylvester Stone um, not winning. I'm not. We, we all know you wanted him to win for Demolition Man. It's not going to happen. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I actually thought Wesley did a better job as Simon Phoenix in that movie. <laughs> I would like to have seen him in that. But in, in, in terms of Stone, he won the Golden Globe. Mm. And then he went on stage. I think he was genuine. In all honesty, I think he was genuinely surprised, and he did not expect to win. And he went on stage, and he didn't thank Ryan Coogler, and he didn't thank Michael B. Jordan on air. And then once he realized he made his mistake, he went back to the mic and he said, "I apologize. I want to thank Ryan Coogler. I don't want to thank Michael B. Jordan." But it was off camera when he did it. Had he won this time, I think he would have made a point in doing that. But it was one of those things where it was like. I'll be able to forgive him a bit just because if there wasn't, you know, if there wasn't a Sylvester Stallone to write a Rocky, there wouldn't have been a Creed in the first place. No, this is very true. You know this what I mean? Um, but also, I think he lost because Mark Rylance was a better actor. This <laughs> <laughs> yeah. is a classically yeah. trained Shakespearean actor, you know yeah. what I mean? And they we're upset about the guy who was in, you know, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Let's get, well, let's get oh, serious. Oh, oh. Hey, that being know? said, I thought. did you think that Mark Ruffalo was going to win? Cause, no. Because when they said Mark, what's the actor's name? That Rylance. Won, like last name? Rylance. So they said Mark, Mark Ru- Ru- and I was I put my arms up like oh my god Mark Ruffalo just won an Oscar and after he gave like, that wink to the spies. camera when like, he was nominated oh. too he's like yeah wow that uh, that was a complete surprise to me yeah. I like seeing him throw you a real curveball be like Mark O Rubio like, yeah. oh. uh, it wasn't that big of a my, my my favorite moment of the night and what you know a lot of things are you know have been overshadowed with a lot of the controversies going on but like Neil Morricone winning our best original score for the Hateful Eight and this guy is like eighty something oh, years old yes. of course yeah. they put him really far from the stage too right. so his old ass had to like walk up there and it was like come on you can't put him back I'm wondering if they're hoping for effect like as he's yeah. riding down you hear the theme from two mules they, yeah Sarah. sure but they, they they I mean they gave him a standing ovation and they, they clapped for a long time and they didn't play the music to get him off stage because that would have been awful that you know what I mean let that man talk and, and so he, he did his he thing he would have started on the way up yeah that's good he's already over time let's just keep going right it was like he had a translator too because he didn't Still doesn't speak English, you know what I mean? It was just—it was—it awesome. was a great moment, and uh, and let's not forget the the, the female category for the best actress was so good. Everybody was nominated this year. I've seen all the, the movies that they were in. It was so good. I think everybody should have gotten an award for the whole thing. But uh, Brie Larson for for Room was was fantastic. By the way, it's Room, not the Room. The Room right. is a completely yes, the different room is thing. Very different. By the way, all right. I thought the female one might have gone to Eddie Redmayne, which yeah. would have been really awkward. <laughs> right. I'm I'm also oh, glad it, he didn't win for that because I felt that was kind of the same. Performance. Performance from uh, from uh, Theory of Everything. I thought yep. he deserved Theory of Everything. What do you mean, overacting? No, no. <laughs> I actually think he's an amazing actor, but I think, I think that that he um, 
it was essentially the same type of a performance of a character who's going through a physical transformation. Mm. You know what I mean? And I... He should have got nominated for Jupiter Ascending is what you're saying. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I, think, I think he means Jeff Goldblum should retroactively get his, uh, his uh, Oscar yeah, for, for, the, the fly. for the fly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but we also did talk about uh, Chivo winning the cinematography for the third year in, third a, row, time too, in a row, which is... A, that's that's Pretty awesome. crazy. He's better at being a cinematographer than... Anyone is at any job they've ever done, I think. You know <laughs> wow, what I mean? Okay. That's how good he is with a camera and what he can do. And, like, I don't know if you saw Night of Cups, the new Terrence Malick film. Like, he's just – everything he does now is so brilliant to watch and look at. And it's it's, – it's, it's, I'm just glad to, you know, be able to watch movies that he, he's done. And it's and it's a big deal for, for film. And, I mean, I'm glad he was nominated. But it's like Roger Deakins has been nominated how many times, too, and he hasn't won a, I wouldn't uh, have been mad if Roger Deakins right. had won for He's going to get one sometime. It's going to happen. And like, gonna, yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, he's done how many great like, movies. He did Sicario. He's done all the Coen Brothers movies. He's done He's done so much good work, and this guy should should get something. But this is once again plays with that whole, what do you deserve and stuff like that, which I yeah, think is yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what do you think was like openly not deserving that took it? I mean, besides Amy, the the documentary. It, yes, I, I agree. thought if you have seen the if you haven't seen the Look of Silence, you can free stream it on Netflix right now. I saw it a long time ago, and it's one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Period. Not just this year; mm-hmm. it's just period. That's one of the best films I've seen in a long, long time. And of course, and for that, he, Joshua Oppenheimer, the guy who did it, he did the Act of Killing, which came out last year, right. which also lost Best Documentary to Twenty Feet from Start, another crazy. kind of pop. Crazy movie song. about you know pop stars and, and things like that and Amy was great too and I thought it was really good to see that side of her and I thought I was really affected by it. but I mean it, it's night and day in terms of like the quality of, of the documentary uh, uh, features that we're doing and it was and I thought it was, I was kind of upset by it that you know if there in my in my opinion if there would have been a documentary about a musician that should have won it I thought it should have gone to Nina Simone in my what opinion yeah, Miss, you know Miss I thought Simone. I thought the Amy Winehouse documentary I actually wasn't that much of a fan of it I like I saw his previous movie. Um, about that NASCAR driver, Senna, mm-hmm. um, which I was impressed by. But this one, I just felt like, I don't know. I'm, it reminded me of, um, I don't know if you guys saw Montage of Heck, but. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the Cobain I, one. Yeah, something about me still feels some type of way about like seeing people's private lives that like no one would have ever seen. You know what I mean? Like showing like her, you know, footage from like old cameras and stuff that was like on her hard drive and stuff like that. I was like, I don't know if I really need to see that side of her. You I don't know, know if mean? they'd want me to, and that's that's kind of what part you struggle with too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like with Cobain would Amy really want to see that see stuff? That's kind of you know stuff things. with like her father and things that's yeah. just like putting her out there. It's like uh, that yeah. seems like Cat's trying to capture a sense of realism. Like you were a big fan of this person, but you knew them as a performer. It's true, but they're like killed by the media, and then they're now they're more that, exposed know? after yeah. death, and they can't defend themselves. Kind of makes well, me a little queasy. It's not always about defending. These are still edited by people. They're not going to show you like you know the most private nitty gritty awkward well they moments. did they got, they, the got they, did. they they were pretty raw with the Amy Winehouse documentary there was yeah. like underarm hair and tweezers and I stuff mean they went in they went in on Amy Winehouse yeah for sure man. they pretty much it was like open book this was her life and my and my only problem with the movie well, not my only problem but my main problem with the movie is that I felt that it, it focused way too much on her life basically being a pit of darkness. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any point in the movie where I felt like, oh, at least you can say when she was, yeah, she was smoking weed and drinking, she was happy making her music. Like, they didn't focus on Frank at all. They just went, she was, you know, like she had like an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. She had some issues with her parents. 
yeah, she recorded this album that's kind of okay, which I think is her best album. She kind of recorded this album, but then she did Back to Black. And then it was just like she was addicted to these, you know, like really super strong drugs. You never, I never felt seeing the movie that there was a point in her life where they showed her as being happy on any level. You know Maybe they mean? were trying to paint a picture of her being like a tortured soul because that's like yeah. one of the main things that sold her music. She, like, People hate understood her dad that's coming her from yeah, basically yeah, every yeah. man in her life. Yeah, right, a piece yeah. Of right. The raw emotion was the selling so point. True. Keep in mind the people that put this together. Uh, they still stand to profit off of her reputation, off of her you know sales. That's true as well, and off of her legacy. Right. So to paint the fact that you bought this because it was deep, it was emotional, it came from nothing but. That inner struggle. And then to see her, you know, smiling, maybe she had like happy family moments, birthdays and things that was saved on there. It's more beneficial to them to paint it a certain way and to just leave that stuff out. But seeing her like there were parts in the movie where like there was one part near the end where she was actually having conversations with with Tony Bennett when she was doing like debuts and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, duets and stuff. Well, I've talked to Tony Bennett too. That dude's depressing. I'm just saying. Well, (laughs) I mean, I, I really liked that because it showed how humble she was. She just was just like, you know, if you don't want to work with me, I totally get it. I'm messing up. And he was a complete gentleman. And it, it to me, it that redeemed her for me. That made me really appreciate it. It kind of made character. me sad, that scene, because I saw someone really not on the top of their game know they're failing in front of their hero, and it really kind of kind of. Well, I don't know if Tony Bennett can consider a hero. No, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, he actually is. Or, like, was, like, she, like... That was, that was a joke that I think you all oh, okay. missed. No, sorry. I got it after the fact. But no. but thank, thank you for that. This is a funny show, y'all. Sorry, Pat. All right. Um, but all right, basically, well, not, a, uh, it's basically a four-hour bloated ceremony. And uh, why are we talking about it? Because some of the movies in there were fantastic, and we, we loved seeing them. And, of course, Spotlight won the top honors. Everyone thought which, it was going to be not, The Revenant. It was Spotlight, and I'm it was I'm so happy it wasn't The Revenant. And did it was Spotlight the best movie of the year? I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. But it was certainly good. I, I think Spotlight Carol was, was better than all of them, and it wasn't even nominated. So it's 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 fine with me. That you think Spotlight. Carol was better than Revenant? Yeah. Okay, I didn't I see do. Carol, but I'm yeah, just man. you know, yeah, okay. for sure. I'm still going to continue to hate that Furious Seven was not nominated. Yeah. Um, but and, Mad and Max Two won that. more awards than than any other Mad movie. Max, so it, it if we're living in 2016 and things aren't so bad, when that one, that's the thing. Six out of ten. Seven out of ten. It won. It won. A, if if I felt like it won every it won technical basically award. every technical award, like it won, except for cinematography. And but, another great you know. moment too was because it won, it won best won, catering. That was awesome. It won best editing, and then uh, his wife, uh, George Miller's wife, went up and got the award because that is his editor, and she's edited all his movies for for a long time. So it was really nice to see you know them sitting together oh, and her going up and the lady getting with in. The glasses. And how, yeah, and how yeah, tickled she like he was mom. for like how yeah how <laughs> genuinely happy he was uh, for his wife to get up there. It was it was it was kind of sweet, you know. I'd be jazz too. This man just won an Oscar. You know he's getting. <laughs> all right so yeah final thoughts y'all i enjoyed the oscars um i thought there were a, a good amount of surprises and a good amount of okay finally and i thought chris rock did a good job i didn't think he did he knocked it out the park as much as he could have but yeah i, I, I mean there's too many girl scout cookie jokes and things yeah. that have kind of bogged it down but he was he was so good that opening monologue was was the best part of the uh, the show i think like i said and they had louis ck out there and he kind of came out and, and, and crushed it and now they're hopefully, people saying that maybe he'll host hopefully it next he hosts next year hopefully he'll host it next year when there's a lot more you know uh oscar people so of black. color like yeah, <laughs> oscar so black. yeah that'd be great He'd right, well, be perfect for that, though. As someone who didn't actually uh, get to watch the the entire ceremony because I had better things to do, um, but I <laughs> for did four hours. Catch, what do you mean? No, you're not, you're I saw Bone Thugs and Harmony last night. Yeah, kid. I know. Oh, my friend was things. at that show. Yeah. yeah, it was dope, kid. Bone Thugs without Crazy Bone though. That kind of brought me down. So, si- so Pat and I used to work for um, for a company back in the day, and um, I remember what company. When- Come on. 
Can we say it? Okay. Yeah, like, care. Yeah, well. So we both worked for this company, Karma Loop, mm-hmm. and I, I literally just told the story. Uh, I saw Crazy Bone. I was going to the bathroom and I saw Crazy Bone, <laughs> and Crazy Bones. I did. I, I didn't realize it was him at first, but I heard him say a word that I didn't think he knew. He said, like, yeah, just make sure you're properly coordinating everything. And I turned around and I looked, and I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy, bro. Was it Taco Bell? Like, what do you yeah. Mean? I was like, I didn't know you knew what, like, coordinated meant. Coordinated by the burritos, not orders. Like, but, appreciate those memories you walked away from, because the most I have is Snoop Dogg gave me the finger, and T.I. pushed me down in the bathroom. I, go. I saw uh, Ben Affleck going into Joe's American Bar and Grill, and I would go, yo, you were the bomb in Phantom, Joe. You said it. He doesn't. He stops. He doesn't turn around. He just holds up a fist. Yes. And then he continues into Joe's American Bar and Grill. And I just go up down the street on, on the rest of my way. Never told anybody like at the time. I was just like, that just happened. Like, oh, Ben Affleck. Awesome. How are you, Ben Affleck? All right, y'all. As we wind down this wonderful conversation, all I'll say is I thought Chris Rock actually did a. Um, I thought he did a damn good job. The only thing I'm upset because he he he. Uh, escalated it gradually, okay. and that was just that was just the right way to approach it. Yeah. All I want to say is I really hoped that he would do something, and he didn't do it. I was hoping he'd go in on Sean Penn. Oh just, yeah, let's, let's Sean wasn't there. Lightning. I don't think I didn't see him, so maybe yeah, that's why. Yeah, but he's why. watching from home or something. Right. You know it. Oh, well, maybe uh, what about TV, the El Chapo you know? stuff? No, no, no about no, like because they had beef the last time he hosted. Yeah, dude, like oh, something because he was laying into Jude Law and then and then yeah. because he did a movie. Jude Law is a Jude really good actor. Hey, yes, that's exactly yeah. it. Sean Penn is is perfect. Anyways. <laughs> Can I say one thing, too, um, yeah, about, what, what about the ceremony? This what, is before the ceremony started. Can we get not get Michael Strahan to do any more anything with people? Like, he is they the kept, worst they were like, interviewer. We do have black people on this show. Yeah, he was the worst like, interviewer I've ever seen. Time. He did that thing with Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, and it took him 20 minutes to go. So you have a movie coming out. And it was like, they were like, just, just get through it, Michael. Just get through it. You could tell. And he was like, so, he was so bad. Yeah. He was so bad. Well, if all you need is like a dude with I'm lips, sorry, I'm Mike, sure but. Russell Simmons yeah. is, 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 is somewhere just like waiting for a call. <laughs> Alright, but now I want to thank y'all for listening. This has been the Geek Down here on WEMFRadio.com. Catch us every Monday night, 9 p.m. right here on WEMF. And also remind you all, the Geek Down is brought to you by CSJ Promotions. Well, let me get through the thing here. By CSJ Promotions. Check them out on Facebook at CSJ Promotions. Odds are most of the nightclubs you've been at have been brought to you by CSJ. And also by Out of the Blue Gallery. You want to hit them up at uh, 541 Mass Ave right here in lovely Cambridge, Massachusetts. They have poetry readings. They have presentations. It's a, it's good stuff all around. Also want to thank our guests in the house we have had. Sam. And? Aaron. There you go. They're quick on the draw. Uh, representing the Scarlet Tongue, check them out at thescarlettongue.com. Mm-hmm. And on Facebook at The Scarlet Tongue. The Scarlet Tongue Project. Project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, all right? There's been a lot of information. I'm just so very passionate about Marco Rubio. And, uh, uh, and please remember our shows on Sunday at 8 p.m. Opus in Salem. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Tickets still available? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Available Tickets at, at the, the door. door. Ten bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and also, oh, dude, and also, um, I got some more information. I checked out. Uh, remember, I talked about that show last week, Star Trek: yeah. The Ultimate Voyage. No, really, you were talking about Star Trek last I week. I was. Oh, forget you, week man. I, I, I was excited for Two this. Okay, I happen to like Star Trek. Thank you very much, uh-huh. Mike. Mike, Mike's with me. 
It's I know, I know that I, face. I know we almost went a whole show without you bringing it up. What? <laughs> okay, well, either way, I thought it looked cool as hell. It's okay. a show called uh, Star Trek The Ultimate Voyage. It's actually a concert where they're playing um, music from every uh, every Star Trek series. And I mean going from the original series to Enterprise to, like, the side novels to Defiant. Like, Star Trek Defiant is something you will know if you are a fan. If you're not a fan, it's something that's actually worth looking into. And it's dope, son. It's dope. Uh, basically, if you're interested in this stuff, you can go to... Um, uh, Star Trek The Ultimate Voyage dot com and dude this thing was crazy. It is. This, I, I'm gonna take you to this sucker. Do it, and man. Just, like, I'll go. Man. I'll go for you. Yeah. Yeah. This, this thing we need with to you do. For this, you. This, this is happening. All, all right. right, good stuff. All right. I want to remind you all, this has been the Geek Down here on WEMF Radio. Hit us up at geekdownradio at gmail.com if you have any comments, uh, you want to chime in on anything you heard tonight, or want to get the lowdown on our guests in house, find out a little more about the Scarlet Tongue, or just BS on why Billy and those girls are tuned to be on air more often. <laughs> um, also, check us out at geek down.com for all the latest in, uh, you know, the Geek Down reviews, interviews, and all the news you can use. See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you all next Monday night right here at WEMFradio.com. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, we remind you all, be excellent to each other. Peace. Peace. Peace.